Welcome to the Functional Ecology Podcast. At Intercol in August 2013, Functional Ecology sponsored a symposium entitled Mechanisms of Plant Competition. The keynote talk was given by Dr. Lisa Mommer from Wageningen University, Netherlands, and the title of her presentation was From Above to Below Ground Competition, Neighbour Detection and Response Strategies. In detail, I was speaking about mechanisms of plant introduction, and I will start above ground, but will readily move below ground to the more hidden parts of plants. Plants are not alone. In many ecosystems, in natural as well as in agriculture environments, you could even state that it's crowded and plants respond to their neighbors. Above ground, competition leads to decreased biomass uh, per plant individual compared to single individuals and also to increased variation in size. And it's pretty obvious as a plant you have to be to make sure that you position your leaves in the upper part of the canopy, otherwise you're out of business. And in order to do so, plants just increase their leaf angle and also elongate their petioles and, um, and, uh, and stems. And we know already for a long time that a crucial signal uh, for plants in order to respond to their neighbors above ground is the ratio between red and far red light. So from the incoming radiation, the red light is absorbed by the photosystems and the far red light is reflected. And the ratio between red and far red light can be sensed by the phytochromes and this is the cue for the plant to trigger, uh, to just form these above ground responses. So above ground, we know the cue and there are also uh, several other cues that really tune this, uh, this response. But in general, we, we could say that the major detection signals and the responses are fairly well established. There has been tremendous work from different disciplines uh, in plant biology, really from the molecular part, as well from the really hardcore ecology groups to really understand this. And we have made a lot of progress in this field. But below ground, this really is a different story. So not only there's a lot to be uh, discovered about the detection signals, how do plants sense underground that our neighbors around, but also the responses are really still surprising. And I think the basic difference uh, between uh, progress in the fields in competition above and below ground is, uh, is ground in the fact that above ground we really know the, 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 the unit of response. So a plant individual, it's very clear to distinguish above ground. Below ground, there is a major problem. If you just take the scoop of soil, wash off the, wash off the soil, you end up with something like this. No way to just find out the individual or even the species. Because you always just have such a mess of thicker and thinner whitish or brownish roots. So I've started to solve this problem by making use of molecular uh, techniques, I developed, together with colleagues, a way to quantitatively de determine the abundance of species in a mixed root sample. So what we basically do is, we develop species-specific markers of all species that potentially can be present in our sample, and then do quantitative PCR on this, and compare that 
to reference set. And this really now allows us to, to just see who is hanging out where in the soil. And this allows us to, to, um, uh, to start thinking and start testing theories that have been around in, um, in how roots compete, so in, in, in below ground competition. And we all know, I think all ecologists know, that below ground competition is just driven by, by resource competition. So it's all driven by nutrients and water. And species that is, is just taking up the nutrients fastest and, to, and most thorough, so to the, th the lowest layer, just wins the competition. So below ground, it was thought that it's all about um, nutrient uh, resource preemption and nutrient depletion. And if this is the case, then these are the relevant root rates. It's important to have a, uh, uh, to, to produce large root length uh, densities, to just have a, have a large root system to, uh, to be able to take up nutrients uh, uh, very well, and also to place, for example, your roots in the, in the places where most nutrients are, are present. So to, to, pr to precisely place your roots in the place where, where, uh, where nutrients uh, are. So, having the molecular technique, we decided to test this with a very ordinary species coupler, I would say. So we tested this, these theories, with using a, a grass and a fork, Pastuca rubra and Plantego lanceolata. And we had these plants growing in monocultures and in a two-species uh, mixture. And let's have a look to the roots uh, in monoculture. And I present two graphs. This is the roots in the upper soil layer that's relatively nutrient poor. And I also present nutrient uh, 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 root biomass in a deeper soil layer that was enriched in nutrients. And it's very clear from the monocultures that Vastuca has a much denser rooting system. So, Pestuca is the predicted winner in competition. But what happened in when they were growing in competition to each other? That's this. Oh, well, let me go back. So this is what the plants did in monoculture. And what we expect to, uh, them to do in, in mixture is just indicated by this line. Because in mixture, the total uh, plant density is the same. So that means that per plant, there's half of the individuals present. So we expect plants to do, um, to just perform in the mixture um, as indicated in this line. And this is what happens. It's not pretty shocking. We have seen sort of these sorts of experiments a thousand times, I would say. Planteco does it slightly better at the expense of Vesuga. No worries, no sleepless night. However, below ground, there's a some crazy uh, process going on. Plantego is really overproducing roots really enormously, and Vestuca is really very much um, repressed. And I must say that I want to stress that Plantego, with only half of the individuals present, makes significantly more roots in the mixture than it does in monoculture. So these plants are really working very hard. 
Another thing to note from this, from this um, experiment it is that the response is independent of soil layer or nutrition because the response is as, as large in the upper soil layer as in the more uh, uh, in the richer uh, soil layer. And in this specific case, we were so lucky uh, that we could uh, disentangle the species visually. I don't know if you can see it re really well, but these white roots are plantago roots, and here, but maybe you can't see it, there are darker roots, that's Vasuka ruba, so the reddish brown roots are Vasuka ruba. So we were able to track uh, the, the dynamics of this process using uh, mineralizatron uh, tubes. And this is the result. So here again, I present the predicted values, and this is the actual performance of the plants in the mixture. And this is just the time after the start of the experiment. And I will zoom in on the very beginning of, of the experiment. And you see that after four weeks, only four weeks after the start of the experiment, we see this effect happening. So Plantago is overproducing roots, and Festuca rubra is really very much impressed. And this is only at the point where 20% of the roots is present, 20% of the total after two years. And it's also well before any nutrient depletion can, can occur. So there is no way we can explain uh, this effect via resource competition. So we have been thinking very hard about this. And I can we also measure the, the nutrients in this. Here you see again the time. And here uh, nitrate in the soil solution. And again, the two uh, layers. In the upper layer, there's really much less nitrate than in the lower layer. And, and you see that the plantate of the Festuca monocultures are, are really depleting nutrients to lower levels than the, than, uh, than the, than the Plantago monocot uh, and the mixture. So the, the, the pattern that we are finding can really not be explained by nutrients. So where are we? The only way to, in, to, to understand what happened is that there are direct interactions that drive these competitive inter relationships. So there are unknown direct interactions that drive the process we observed. And once this has set the stage, competition for nutrients and, and water will follow. So, and then, what are then the relevant species characteristics? I don't know the answer yet, but I would go for root exudates and, and, and soil biota. So, this was an, um, a two-species uh, experiment. And we thought, okay, how general is this pattern? Maybe these are ordinary species, but maybe they are really peculiar, very special. Okay, so we went to more uh, multi-species uh, situations and, 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 and to investigate whether the overproduction below ground is a more general phenomenon. Now we'll take you to Jena, to the, uh, to the Europe's largest biodiversity experiment. Here you see all the different plots, different diversity levels, and we washed the roots from this experiment. And above ground, uh, there, uh, that's what we all know as ecologists and it has been described many times, there's a positive relationship between diversity and, uh, and productivity. And we showed that we also find that this also occurs below ground. So overproduction is not, uh, is not a, the overproduction that I showed in the two species experiment is not a very 
ordinary, it's not an exception. So this is really uh, a more general phenomenon. So if there is a more diverse community, there are more roots. And if you then have a closer look to where these roots are present, you see the following. Now you see the diversity on the y-axis and the root biomass uh, on the x-axis. And here you see the, the root distribution over the different uh, layers. And this is what you expect in the, in the topsoil, there are always the most roots. But interestingly, you see, you see with diversity, plants produce more roots in the upper soil layers. And this is really contrary to what we expect. I think that resource competition you predict that with diversity there would be a more even distribution of food because we have species that root in the upper soil layers and species that root in the deeper soil layers and due to nutrient competition they would specialize for their, for their systems. We don't find this. We all, all, I, I only present here the data from the Jena biodiversity experiment. They also have similar data from the biodiversity experiment that we are doing in Wageningen. So we do not find evidence for this differentiation. Unfortunately, I cannot apply my molecular method in this system. But I did in the Nijmegen biodiversity experiment, as you can see here. We have a, had an experiment with four plant species, two grasses, two forbs. And here are the results, the root length density, and the different soil layers. And this uh, uh, graph basically repeats what I showed for Jena. Here is the prediction based on the monocultures, and this is the actual mixtures. We do find overyielding in all soil layers, and it's most strong in the layer where already most roots are present. And here comes the interesting point. Using the molecular method, I could show that the species Antoxanthum odoratum is just driving this, this process. So Antoxanthum odoratum makes as three times as much roots as we would expect based on the monoculture. So this is not a trivial response. It's also important to note that this own production does not go at the expense of the other species. The other species are also doing relatively well. They are not inhibited. So, I showed you only half of my results, because there, here, I, in, this, this, uh, what, in the results, I had a, a thick topsoil layer and a, and a, poor, and a deeper uh, nutrient-poor layer, but I also had a flipped treatment, where I just flipped the soil column. And what I want to show you is that, again, I do the, a similar response. So it's the same species that are responding, it, although the, the total root uh, production is a little bit less. It's not driven by nutrients. So we do see immediate overproduction. It's, pr it's, pres it's most strong in the, in the layers where the most roots are present, and it's independent of nutrients. What then? That's the main question. Luckily, there was a lot of inspiration to be found in the literature, talking about soil biota, microbial interactions. So we decided to go after that, and we performed a full factorial biodiversity times plant soil feedback experiment. So plant soil feedback experiments we have been hearing about a lot of, a lot of times in this, uh, in this uh, meeting. And, and, and um, such an experiment always is preceded by a conditioning phase. So you first have to train your soil communities. So you have to make your own difference. And you do that by just growing plants on specific soils. So you, so you get four different soils. And from this, after this conditioning phase, the actual experiment starts. And we had the four soils that we 
produced, but we also had a mixture. So we just mixed the four uh, salts proportionally. And then we had a set with sol biota and a set where we just kicked out all sol biota by just sterilizing. And on all these 10 soils, we grow the four monocultures and the plant mixture. And here are the results. And I must say, for a plant ecologist, it's quite shocking. Because here you see the effects of, the of mixing the plant community, so monocultures versus mixed, and mixing the soil community, monocultures and mixed. And you can see that the effect of overyielding is just driven by mixing the soil, the biota. So if a plant is growing in monoculture, on its own monoculture, is doing really much worse than it growing on an, in, in monoculture on a mixed soil. And it's even doing better if it's not mixed, but just growing on the other three soils. And then the effect of competition is sort of embarrassing because And there's more evidence coming for the importance of soil biota in driving this phenomenon. If you have a look to the sterilized uh, series, where obviously there's a higher production because sterilization increases nutrient availability, but the effect of soil biota is just totally absent. Soil biota are important. And if you have a look to the roots themselves, it's also quite clear. This plant growing on its own soil is really poor. It's really very sick. But let's go a little bit deeper into this, because I present the individual responses. The, the, the graphs before were just the, the community response. Here you see, for example, Pestuca rubra growing in monoculture on its mona soil, and here it's growing in mixed. And you see that all plant species suffer from their own soil biota, as they are all always just uh, smaller here than it, they are in, in the second bar. So this is the uh, plant soil feedback effect. And the degree, the, it's always negative in these species and the degree of effect differs. But then the competition effect comes in. So I said before that, that mixing the plants did not have an effect on total biomass. But here you see there is an effect if you, ha you have a look at the species level. Because when Pestuca uh, uh, is growing in mixtures on mixed soil compared to its growing on, uh, in monocultures, it's increased. So the grasses are increased in this case in mixtures and the herbs have decreased biomass. And then, what are the consequences of this if you go have a look? from the co uh, competition perspective. So since we had a full factorial experiment, we also had all plants growing in mixture on all the different soils. So we had mixtures growing on ontoxanthum soils, mixtures growing on festuca soils, mixtures and so forth, right? And what we then see is that in the sterile series, there are differences in, 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 in biomass production, but the pattern is relatively predictable. This is hierarchical competition, as we know, because Antoxantum moderatum is always the winner, and Leucantum and Bulgaria is just always the poor guy, just always losing the competition. 
However, when the soul biota are present, this is just a mess, right? You can't predict anymore the outcome because the hierarchy is just, just uh, flipping, totally flipping. But if you have a closer look, it's not really so uh, un, uh, un, unpredictable because here in the grassy soils, Contego is winning. And here, the herb soils, the two grasses are winning. And I would want to stress that this case is really extraordinary because in this, on the Lycantinum soil, the plants just grow like, grow like hell. So there is really uh, overproduction and uh, stimulation of, of plant growth. And it's all due to the soil biota. So, what did we learn from these three experiments? So I showed you two species and I, I, I made it even more complicated because I went to four species. And I think that I have to conclude from this experiment that due to these initial immediate interactions, there's a sort of, a sort of priming, so there can be di direct interactions and also interactions mediated by the microbes that just set the stage. So there are already initial differences and, and species uh, interactions. And then later, nutrients and water come in and further mod modify the effect. Yeah. So, what I wanted to say is that I think that non-nutritious interactions below ground constitute a new dimension. So, the direct interactions between roots, mediated via exudate, or soil microbes, give a new dimension to plant competition but also to root distribution and uh, uh, community productivity and even maybe a species coexistence. And then later, a resource acquisition traits will be important. So I could not have given this talk without the people who did the hard work, the postdocs, uh, the PG students and the technicians, but also many people, I would say wise, men who uh, advised me and just uh, were involved in the discussion, and particularly uh, Hans, who is uh, here in the audience. And we'd also like, uh, like to thank Functional Ecology for just organizing this uh, symposium. So, thank you. Thank you for listening to the Functional Ecology podcast.